Brainstorming with Dome at Sea, a podcast sharing ideas on hip-hop, news, and politics with celebrities, thought leaders, and other brainstormers. Yo, what's up? This is Mark Lamont Hill. We out here brainstorming with Dome at Sea. Brainstorming. What's up, everybody? This is Hill Harper, and you're listening to Dome at Sea, The Prophecy. Check it out. My name is Michael Eric Dyson, and I'm brainstorming with one of the biggest brains in this city. The brother Doma T. Hi, once again, welcome to Brainstorm with Doma T. Now, this is this is funny. I've been uh, doing the episode in seasons right now. So if you've noticed and you've been waiting on episodes and you haven't gotten them recently, that's because we're now in season two and we're kicking it off by highlighting an African American entrepreneur. But first, I um, want to introduce who's my co-host today: a healthcare consultant. Uh, she is the principal at AM Advisory, Ophelia Montgomery. You can see her at FemaleMontgomery.com. She works with businesses on how to help them to best achieve their goals. What's going on? Nothing much, nothing much. Very excited to be here. Um, happy to meet the wonderful <laughs> boss that we have in the studio. And the reason I had Ophelia um, co-host with me is because I told her, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm interviewing Ayla Harris. She was like, for Queen Boss! <laughs> she got, you know, she got super excited. And I said, well, listen, I can binge watch the show. I can cram, but it's going to be like cramming, you know, a final. Yeah. I might pass, <laughs> but I ain't going to ace it. So if he is here to make sure that I ace it. But I did uh, study you, your business, and who you are. Uh, she is the founder. Naila Ellis is the founder of Ellis Island Tees. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree. Uh, she is also, I think, your Michigan Entrepreneur of the Year. Yeah, what year was that? Year. That was 2015. 2015. Mm-hmm. Now, first, tell us about Ellis Island Tees and how your business started. So, uh, Ellis Island Tees started from a family recipe that was passed down from my great grandfather, who was the head chef for Marcus Garvey's Black Star Line. And part oh, of wow. the reason we named it Ellis Island Tees is because he was always back and forth through Ellis Island um, from Jamaica. And my maiden name is Ellis, so it just uh, it just made sense. Just made sense. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what, what made a lot of sense to me was the reason why you got in the business. Now, uh, Naila uh, wanted to first work for Wall Street. You wanted to go to yeah. school, work for Wall Street. And then uh, what happened? So uh, freshman year, I went to Howard in D.C. I uh, My goal was to um, go to school, get a degree, some type of business degree, and then end up with a very high-paying job on Wall Street and um, stay there for a couple of years and stack up some money and then walk away from that job and go after um, entrepreneurship. And so freshman year, freshman year, I realized how student loans work and that I would graduate with about $100,000 worth of debt. And it just, I couldn't accept that. It didn't sit well with me. I hate debt. And uh, like, I know no one likes debt, but I, I hate debt. Like, yeah, like if I can't, for the most part, if I can't buy it in full, it's not for me. Um, like I, uh, me and my husband's home, we did that cash in full my car, which I'm sad cause my transmission blew. So now I'm on the market. I may have to take on a note, but I'm praying that I can get something in full. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't do the, the bill thing. And so I, um, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life paying back a $100,000 loan. And I figured if I'm gonna borrow money, um, I might as well, just go after, cut some steps out and go after my true dream and just get out there and go for it. And I was thinking, um, I was kind of naive at the time. I thought I could just leave school and take a hundred thousand dollar loan since I was, that was the debt I was going to graduate with anyway. And that didn't work out like that. I (laughs) got denied on everything. And so I, I literally just had to, everything was trial and error. 
from There's day a one. story in that, though. Isn't it kind of weird the way the education system works where you can have a person apply for $100,000 mm-hmm. in debt uh, with no guarantee that that person is ever going to be productive, yeah. ever going to get a job, anything. Or you can have a person who has a business plan, which is essentially uh, the same risk factor you yeah. take on a person yeah. who's coming out of college. Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and and they still not be. What? Uh, how did you even develop that calculus that something like that would even be possible? Because was there a mentor or did you just wake up one day and say, I want to owe nobody nothing? I, uh, as far as me. As far as you making a decision to uh, instead of incurring student loan debt. Incurring some business debt. I just, I, I never, I didn't like owing people. I didn't just, like, <laughs> I just, I didn't want that burden because you never know what's going to happen. You never know how much money on, on a rainy day I need to be able to um, be okay and not, I just don't like owing people. And it was, it's as simple as that. And so I, uh, um, when it hit me that it was going to, because it's like, man, I, I'm still paying my loans from the one semester I did. Like, I'm still, still. 10 years later, still paying. Right. And it, after that, I, I owe like 30, I think total I had like $30,000 worth of loans. And I, uh, that's it. yeah, well, <laughs> but I was only there a semester. I came, I came back again and was like, oh, maybe, no, nah, it's not for me. So I did like a semester and a half. And um, it just, I'm still paying on it. And I was like, I'm i am so glad I didn't finish. But at the same time, I have a two-year-old and I want her to have the option. I do value education. And I because I goofed off in high school, I wasn't off of any scholarship. So everything was loans. For her, if she decides to go the college route, I want her to have options um, through scholarships. And so, because if I had scholarship money, my story might end up a little different. Um, not that I regret anything about right. um, my my path, but I uh, at least I, that first semester would have been free or at least a little cheaper. I may have gone, I may have stuck it out because yeah. of right. the you know the debt. The hundred thousand dollars was the it's like yeah I'm not about to I'm not about to do this right here. So so I can relate to that hundred thousand dollars and that Bentley you can owe in school uh, uh-huh. loans. <laughs> how do you how did you come to the how did you reconcile that with owning your own business because there's a lot of debt as Domiti was saying that comes along with owning the business. So mm-hmm. how did you, you know, shift your mind into being okay with taking that on as a business owner? So I had to be okay with being poor. Okay. In the beginning and I uh cuz I couldn't get approved for any any loans. I didn't have any revenue. I had no job. I had no it was just, "Hey, I need this money cuz I want to start this business." And it just uh course i was uh, i didn't know much about walking into a bank and getting a loan i thought if you needed the money you could just get it because of how easy it is to get um education loans and so i uh i literally from day one it was trial and error like i it's like the first step was i want to start this beverage company i want to take this family recipe and and make it a real thing and my great-grandfather's instructions uh, before he died were um, this recipe is to be sold and not told, which means put it on the market. And um, I, uh, I just step number one. Okay, go to the store buy some tea bags. Okay, now what? Like I literally just figured it out as I went, and it didn't take. I didn't know what I was signing up for, uh-huh. and so the the ignorance sometimes is good um, because I had I known that I would end up 
opening up a production facility and having payroll and the like the the amounts of money that have gone through my business account I would have had I saw the challenges that would have come along with that I probably wouldn't have did it mm. and so my thing was okay I want to make tea so go buy some tea bags okay now I want to sell it so load, load up a cooler and drive around the city and when you see people get out and try to sell it and then it just evolved and I just putting one foot in front of the other so did you become like that 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 fixture in the community like uh Oh, Ellis Island is coming by, you know, grabbing some teas. Or how did this, it's, it's how funny. Did this spread? It's funny. So I um I did really well in a Home Depot parking lot. And um <laughs> I and when you think about it, I just it was always people coming in and out. So I went there. But then as time went on, I realized there's always these guys who are working hard out in the sun. They're sweaty, they're thirsty. You know how you always get a hot yes. dog and a drink. Yes. And a bag of chips at at a Home Depot. And so it was, it was uh, like to this day, I haven't sold out of the cooler and I'm going to say over maybe eight years now. If I go into that Home Depot today, I always get at least one person to say, aren't you that girl, that tea girl, that lemonade <laughs> yeah. girl? I used to, I think I bought some tea from you about 10 years ago. And when they hear where I'm at now, they're just blown away. Wow. The fact that I'm still making tea and then I'm in over 300 stores now and I own a production operation and I bottle for five other minority beverage companies. Like they're just blown away. I know this is hard. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say that's branding. That's, that's branding. branding. That's, that's branding. it People right know there. It and they say that's the tea girl. No, yeah. I was going to say, um, we, we hear about these stories and what, what, what was particularly inspiring about yours was that you just had a passion for entrepreneurship before you had a passion for tea necessarily. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And what was difficult is those who have a passion for entrepreneurship is like, what, what is that idea going to be? Mm -hmm. And then when you read these stories, it's like, I started selling in Home Depot parking lot and now I have 300 locations. Yeah. And, and we, we missed the, uh, the step by step because as we do the, the first year and uh, we, we face these challenges, it's easy to get discouraged and, mm -hmm. and, and stop. So walk us through uh, what kept you encouraged as you were going through this mm -hmm. and uh, and how you even settled through this business idea and say, I'm going to focus on this one. Because I'm sure mm -hmm. people have come to you with other opportunities. Yeah. I still, to this day, get people uh, walking up trying to get me to sell Primerica, <laughs> these multi-level marketing schemes. Yes. Um, I, uh, I decided, so originally I wrote out a couple of options for businesses that I could go into. Because like you said, I knew entrepreneurship was my destiny. And I, uh, I decided on the beverage company for one because it was the cheapest to get started. Um, not knowing much about what I was getting into at the time. It was like, okay, I can go to the store, get some tea bags to start this one. Um, I wanted to also do adult foster care, but that wasn't a passion of mine. I just heard you can make a lot of money in it <laughs> yeah. and that you have to go buy a house. You would have to build it out. You have to get it approved that starting out, I would need it between 50,000 and a hundred thousand. Yeah. That wasn't going to work because Naila was not getting approved for any loans back then. And so um, based on the options, it was the easiest, it, maybe $20 to, to get the tea, the tea bags. And then it was also, a way to it, there was a, a connection and I was more passionate about it because it was a way to carry on my family legacy. And so um, that passion to, for family and wanting to connect with family and wanted to wanting to carry on the legacy is what kept me pushing through the times where, when it gets tough. Um, and over time, motivations change. 
And so my motivation in the beginning is not my motivation today. And then my motivation today is not going to be the same as it is a month from now. Like we constantly as entrepreneurs have to find different ways to stay motivated. At one point it was my, I just want to see my mom smile. I just want to make it and, and be a success story. At another point it was, I want to be a great leader for my daughter. And I want to show her this freedom that comes along with entrepreneurship at at it it constantly changes and so it uh yeah that that's that's pretty much describes the mentality as far as pushing through time the mm-hmm. the tough times because it there are days where i want to quit there are days entrepreneurship is an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. but it's the passion it's the resilience that just keeps me pushing and at this point there's no turning back i'm in it to win it. I'm, I'm in way too deep. I have a specific question for you. Now, mm-hmm. I am very focused on mentorship and sponsorship through um, executives and people that can help pull entrepreneurs forward, especially as black women. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard sometimes to make those connections. What can you tell the listeners about making those connections and how to get that mentorship, that person who can help you really mold your business Mm -hmm. and mold yourself as an entrepreneur? I will say that like I have a whole team of mentors and um, it just like it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a business because raising a business is like raising a child. And it is, that is not a simple task because it's a, it's not every day that you find a good mentor who knows how to mentor. And at the Very same true. time, a lot of people don't know how to be a mentee, don't know how mm-hmm. to listen and, and learn and sit at the feet of um, those who have paved the way. Now that mm-hmm. is a great point. Yeah. Yes. And so it, over time, I, uh, it, it's about, it's always been about transparency for me. Like I, I just, I lay it out there. This is what I need. Um, I, I want a, uh, Entrepreneur of the Year Sankofa Award last year um, through the Michigan Black Chamber. And for my speech, I was nervous because it's like, do I get up here and say thanks to my mom and thanks to my family and I'm just so happy to be here or do I get up here and do I tell the truth? Mm. The truth was I needed help. And so I did a cry out. And none of y'all was going to help <laughs> None of you elite black Negroes. Was Y'all were, they but were not shooting with me in the gym. It helped. It yeah. helped. And, and it moved with, people. Yeah, that transparency is what got me two of the greatest mentors um, that I've ever met. And it was, I got up and I said, you know what? I do, I don't want to come off unappreciative. I appreciate this award. It feels great. Um, but at the end of the day, this plaque cannot pay my bills. I'm running out of room to Preach. store plaques how do we actually get help i need help and it was just this cry out for help from the black community and everyone in that audience were those who are quite successful Mm -hmm. and in that cry out i picked up a mentor who's got a company it's in he manufactures uh, chemicals and cleaning solutions for like the auto industry um but it's still production and he his company is worth over 200 million and he wow. came up to me after the speech and he's like, okay, so you need help. What can I do? And then he had to help me to be able to articulate it, what, what help I needed. Yes, and yes. so he came out to be an amazing 
mentor. And so, but that's hard to come across because a lot of times we'll say, I need help. I need help. But then you don't know what you need. And so that's, you got to give the mentor something to work with. And sometimes it's just, I want to be around you. Can I shadow you for a day? I just, I want to, I don't even know what, what help to ask. I don't know what questions to ask, but I just want to feed off of your energy. You have success in an area that I want. Can I just follow you for today and or for a day and then just figure out as time, sometimes you just need to spend time with people and be mm-hmm. around. And yeah, and it, but that's a tricky, mentorship is, is much harder than we yeah. think. Yeah. It's like, well, you've done it, so you should be able to help me, but teaching, being in it and teaching are two different things and yeah. teaching is, is very hard. Yeah, Michael Jordan was a great player. Mm-hmm. So good a coach. <laughs> um, yes. How did you know when you needed a production facility, though? And and who walked you through that process? Because that's daunting right there. So I uh, I had a coat Her eyes package. are getting wide as she is described. A- <laughs> she looks like she's going live, reliving it right now. <laughs> I had a bottler initially who was bottling all of my product. And, well, this is after. So I went from making it when I was living in my mother's basement to a shared commercial kitchen space. And from there, um, I had to move on to a co-packer, and, which is a bottler. And they just did not have the same quality standards that we had. Number one, uh, labels were going on crooked. Uh, bottles were sticky, just unacceptable. And I had major clients like Whole Foods. Mm. And then they would miss lead times and deadlines. So if you tell me I'm going to have two, three pallets done on March 6th, for example, don't give me my product in April mm. because I've already told Whole Foods and committed to deliver yeah. on time and now you're making me look bad. And I don't get to, yeah, I don't get to go to Whole Foods and say, oh, it's not me, it's them. Yes. It's, no one's trying to hear all the excuses. Right. So I had to take matters into my own hands and I needed to be able, I wanted to control production and and be in control of meeting deadlines and control of quality. I didn't want to put that in someone else's hands because I'm putting the life of my company into someone else's hands. Every time you hire a bottler, that's what you're doing. And so I, uh, how did I figure out what to do? I just, I prayed. I literally like my model for success has always been pray like everything depends on God and work like everything depends on you. Do your best and he'll do the rest every mm. time. And it's worked out for me. And so I uh, had another mentor who I used to when I was back when I was selling tea on the street for my cooler. One of the guys that I walked up to. and he Wait, r- real quick. You make that sound so dope. So gangster. Back when I was selling tea on the streets. I had one person. You put me on. He fronted me a few bags. She was serving tea. Serving tea. The right. originator of serving tea. <laughs> So, yeah, I actually uh, walked into a black-owned pharmacy and did my little pitch, and he bought the tea, a bottle for him and his whole staff, and he's like, um, he gave me a $50 tip, and that was just major back then. Like, that was like, and so he's like, uh, just come by. I started coming by every day, of course, because he would always, like, buy the rest of the cooler out and give a little extra money. And so I didn't know he was watching me to see if I was serious, if I was going to stick it out. And some time later, he um, he asked me, what does it take to make this a real business? So, mm. of course, money yeah. is, was what I needed. And then his response was, well, how much money do you need? I didn't know. 
And so I'm like, oh, I'll get back to you. Because a lot of people say, oh, I want to invest. And then when it comes down to it, they're not serious. And so um, when this opportunity came for me to, when I realized I needed to open up shop myself, my own production facility, I uh, calculated how much money I would need for the build out. And um, he actually, as an angel investor, paid for my build out. And the figuring it out, like how do you learn how to use equipment? Who do you call to buy equipment? Prayer. I just prayed on it and did the best at what I knew how to do. And that was go to um, this incubator out in Hart, Michigan and learn how to do the hot fill process, which is a way to preserve without adding preservatives. Heat is a natural preservative. And I learned like all the science behind um, a hot fill production line. And we found this guy walked up to me while I was at the incubator. And he's like, I hear you looking to open up shop where we sell production equipment. And we fast forward today, we have equipment. I've got a crew. I've got a plant manager. We are regulated by the FDA. I'm NSF certified. Like it just happens one foot in front of the other. Absolutely. What? Uh, how many employees at, at the production facility? Uh, about fifteen. Because I know that you're uh, passionate too about uh, putting a dent in this unemployment rate. And, yes, um, definitely, and give yeah, it back to my Detroit. city. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Talk yeah. about being from Detroit and what this means for the city. So, uh, Detroit is going through a phase of out with the old and in with the new, and I'm very happy to be a part of the the new uh, group of businesses that is coming in, and so it. My way of giving back. So there's a lot of write-ups. You say Detroit and you got all ears right now because of the this image that's been put out that you could just come in and buy buy land, buy property for dirt cheap, and you could just be a millionaire overnight. That's the way they're writing these articles. And um, downtown Detroit and midtown Detroit are the only – it's like a two-mile radius that's getting all this attention and getting the – they're building a new hockey arena. There's a lot coming up downtown. But as far as opportunities for Detroit natives, which the city happens to be over 80% black, mm-hmm. there's no opportunities for us. And so my, it's my duty to be able to provide jobs to people who look like me. And I don't want us to get left in the dust. And so um, my job is to, it's, it's as simple as providing jobs through, and that's my current motivation as far as what makes me in the times I don't feel like waking up at the crack of dawn in the times where I don't want to do another demo in the times where I just, I'm over it. Um, the fact that I'm able to provide a job and help someone to feed a family, that's what, what keeps me going at this time. And that's why I'm going so hard to expand and create the product awareness and, and increase it rather. So in Michigan, is pretty known, but then here in Chicago, and like this is my first uh, radio interview in Chicago. And so I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for bringing me on. But we are in all the Whole Foods in Chicago, all the Meyer stores. And so um, I need people to come out and support and try it. Go to the store, get a bottle of tea. All it can do, it can't hurt none. All it can do is help and help um, give someone else an additional hour of work, more money to feed their families. You know what? Uh, before we get into Queen Boss, um, I, I've, I've got to ask this question because we didn't even get into the actual tea. And I, I noticed throughout the process, you talked about uh, there's a way to preserve, you know, using heat, you know, because tea doesn't have preservatives. No, nope. Talk to us about the product itself. And and, and I, I think when we think about organic, we think about all natural, we'll think about the challenges 
that the manufacturers mm-hmm. of these items go through to keep mm-hmm. it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, talk to us about this. So um, Ellis Island tea is a 100% natural hibiscus tea. It's a herbal tea. And so it what sets it apart um, when you look at it is the fact that it's this rich red cranberry-like color. And that um, that comes from the hibiscus, which is mainly, it's, it's an herb that's cherished all over the world. And it grows wild in Jamaica. Um, and it's a recipe passed down from my Jamaican great-grandfather. And it's known for lowering high blood pressure, which is scientifically proven. And it's just rich with antioxidants. All the herbs that we use, hibiscus, rose hips, peppermint leaves. And it's just good for your overall well-being. And so the highest consumer of um, bottled teas happen to be millennials. And millennials are bored with the tea category because it lacks innovation. And you've got... But at the same time, millennials want this uh, contradicting um, ideal tea, which is healthy but sweet. But sweet at yeah. the same time. Uh-huh. Um, and we want fast food, but we don't want to. We don't want to feel bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've got teas that are really good. I'm not gonna bash my competition um, and say any names, but then you have teas that are really healthy. There's no tea that is both good and healthy at the Except same time. Except for Ellis Island. So, there you go. <laughs> and, <so, laughs> and that's the problem that we're solving. The most common feedback that we get is that it's so smooth. And it, it's sweet, but yet smooth at the same time. You're, I'm telling you, you're in for a treat. It's nothing like you've ever tasted before. You got something here? You, you know, I should have brought some. We, um... We just gotta go buy some We gotta cases. go get it. Yes, it's in all the Whole Foods here. It's, it's the Whole Foods in the hood now, in Chicago. Yeah, too. Inglewood. In Inglewood. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so that's where I'm going. I okay. Can okay. I um? Can you come with us so I can look important? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just stand by the thing. <laughs> Queen boss. <laughs> So you know I want to talk about Queen Boss. That is like my favorite show on okay. television right now. <laughs> I saw your episode when it aired, and I was rooting for you, Midwest. Um, what what brought you to the show? What made you take that foray? You had all the accolades. You had all these awards. Mm-hmm. I've seen them all. Uh-huh. But what took you to doing that? Um, I decided to participate in this competition. First of all, when you hear those words, reality show, mm-hmm. it was just like, yeah, no, nah, I'm not. Not going to do it. Nope, not happening. <laughs> Next email. And I, like, deleted it. <laughs> and then I got a, a call from a friend, like, oh, this is just the show, Queen Boss. You should try it. So I'm like, yeah, but it's a reality show. And so I'm like, you know what? I'll do the application. So I filled it out. And um, then I got a call from one of the producers saying, um, we really liked your interview. We, we think we want you to move on. And so I'm, like, still hesitant. And then they explained to me it's actually a positive show. This is not a catfight show. Mm-hmm. And so... I uh that had me open to trying it out and it's it their thing was it's it's a competition for female entrepreneurs and I get something about competition I just it yeah like I I have to yeah yeah. and so I I was yeah yeah. Yeah. um and it it just I had to I had to give it a shot um because it wasn't a it's just competitions with other black female entrepreneurs and i wanted to at least give it a shot just to see who i'm up against and i wanted to like i I really want to just be in the room with other women and um and can be compete and, and do my best to win how did it feel coming out of your comfort zone i know with that social media challenge 
That oh was my a god! Difficult. That yeah, I just knew I was about to lose. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm done for. Yeah. Um, just got here and I'm done. And uh, because social media is not my thing, but like I said earlier, pray the power of prayer. I literally was just out there asking God to take over my hands because I don't know what I'm doing. And we please did. just push me through. And I saw a tree and someone said, jump over here to this tree and put this bracelet on it. <laughs> and I did it. And I think I doubled uh, my competitor. Yeah. I just knew she was going to win, though, because she's in, like, health and beauty. And it's like her. it was her lane. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm. I'm at an unfair disadvantage. This is not my thing, but I was still able to come out on top. Now, what was the challenge itself? Break it down. So it was what a social media challenge, and we were given a, a cuff, a bracelet from a Serena Williams jewelry line. And we had to, um, we were at this, like, they dropped us off at this park, and we had to use, the, we each had a table that had a setup. of It was like fruit in a bowl and jury a jury stand and like books and you could use all of these props on your table but then you could also use your environment and so i uh but then there was it's crazy because there were a set of twins that i didn't notice one was at my table one was at hers that we could use as models i did not even notice yeah that she was there until we were done yeah um but i just i wanted to move around i we were both stuck at our tables um, for a long time and I'm like well let me do something different she's at the table using the props let me like go and try to do something with nature yeah and so it uh yeah and and Tracy Edmonds who was the hostess of the show put it on her social media and whoever she put put both pictures up and whoever got more likes won the competition uh, yeah and so I actually doubled yeah. my competitors uh, yeah. she did awesome she did awesome <laughs> I I was getting <laughs> That's what's up. So, and, and then the next episode, uh, no, the final episode airs March 4th. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this on Saturday the 25th. So there's an episode tonight? Yeah. 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 And uh, the what happens semi-finals tonight? semifinals is tonight. And what happens is you'll have to watch it. And uh, Okay. <laughs> right, right. What happens is you're going to see. <laughs> I will be watching. But yeah, it's a, it, this is going to be a, a, a really, uh, I hope it's going to be a good episode. I haven't seen it myself, oh, but. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. I'm really excited and nervous. At so the you'll same be watching time. with us. Oh with yeah, your family. I, yeah, I yeah. I came yeah. out to uh, have a watch party here with family. That's what's up. So, um, last question because I want to make sure we hit this because what's unique about your path and uh, significant is that I mean millennials we're working more than ever. We're you starting our own businesses more than ever, but the relationships fall by the wayside. But not only are you married, um, you know you have a two year old. Mm-hmm. How do you Who's balance it all? The two year old is celebrity. She is cute. You know, you got green ivy, you know what I mean? How, how do you manage how do you manage it all? Uh, and and how does being an entrepreneur impact your relationship? What are some tips you have for those of us who hustle and bustle and ain't got time for that? So I uh I've been married for three years to the most handsome, handsome husband, uh, Mr. Brown, Rob Brown. He's here. I might make him get on the mic and say some things. They are a cute but- couple. <laughs> you got, you got these gold frame glasses <laughs> on, man. <laughs> got on some Balenciagas. So cool. I don't know what's going on right now. But yeah, we, uh, we've been married three years. And so we're still considered newlyweds. And we're literally one foot in front of the, in front of the other. We're still learning as we go. But we have finally gotten to a point where we're learning to balance find a balance mm-hmm. of 
being because he also works a full time job. He's a teacher and he's dealing with kids all day, which I mean, I can't even imagine the level of stress um, that he takes on. And then I'm working. Who knows what my day is going to consist of? Mm. I'm all over the place on the daily basis. And by the time we both come home, both of our jobs are just now getting started. So then I come home and take the boss lady hat off and then I'm a wife right. and I'm a mother. We're just now getting started when we get home and we're completely drained. And so it's just the love that we have, the like we've fallen in love with each other. I don't know how many times it's a constant I love him, I hate him, I love him, I hate him. And that's how our, like right now, we're just, we are loving on each other. Y'all cool right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. this is good. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, being being parents has been just fun. Like our daughter is a rock star. She's out here kicking butt and taking names. Like she's got this video of her and my husband that went like super quadruple viral it, at this point it's got over 60 million views whoa, wow. whoa yeah whoa. and she's we were literally just walking in the park one day um we woke up like you know we don't spend any time we don't have that that happy like cosby family we just work mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sleep and so we're like let's do something cosby like let's go for a walk in the park and so we went to one of the metro parks and we're just walking and she's very she started school at one um, she's in a monastery school. She's two now, two now, and she's very articulate. Like we've, she'll say stuff, and we're just blown away. Like, how did you know that? But we're walking through the park, and she's like, "Oh, look at the trees, look at this," and she starts counting, and it turned into this huge debate about what number comes out. I saw that video. Yeah. That was your daughter. I'm not gonna keep going back and forth with you. It's one, two, three, four, five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's him and Aaliyah. I have seen that video. I saw that video. I didn't know that was you. Yeah, yeah. And um, one, two, three, five. (laughs) We just posted that video. I think. Yeah, Yeah, that's her. And so with that going viral the way it did, I know she's she's supposed to be on a screen. Like I want to get her acting career started and I, I could tell it she would have fun with it it's not me trying to force something on her she's just natural and um my husband is an, an amazing singer maybe he'll uh get on the mic but <laughs> we're hoping I saw something smooth about yeah. it do <laughs> it okay yeah uh, we're hoping that she gets his voice so maybe she'll end up singing oh, too yeah. but she belongs on the big screen and so we're trying to figure out find time to nurture that Thing that she's got going on and get her hooked up with some agencies and 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 get her career going yeah i know she's only two but she's ready mm-hmm. and um it we've we've gotten some serious inquiries from um they want to bring her on little big shots mm-hmm. from this video good morning america yeah um ellen like she's gotten a lot of inquiries and so it we're trying to find time to bring that in mm-hmm. to the mix as well absolutely so but it, it, it's fun it's fun. She is a, you are an entrepreneur through and through. <laughs> you pitched Ellen's Island Tees, Green Ivy, and Teddy Pendergrass. All in one, all in one, all in one interview. Thank you so much for coming through. How can we support you? 
Um, you can, if you're here in Chicago, we're in all the Whole Foods stores. In Chicago, we're in all the Meyer stores. And then we're also at O'Hare Airport now, too. And then you can keep up with us on social media. All of our handles are at Ellis Island T. Ellis Island T. Mm-hmm. Make sure you guys follow them. And, and listen, we, we talk about this so much in Chicago. Most most of the brainstormers are in Chicago. And um, we talk so much about supporting black-owned business, supporting black-owned this is an opportunity. Go to Whole Foods, find out who are some of these black-owned products, the Love Court Screw Wines, the Ellis Island mm-hmm. Teas. Support us, man. Support us. What's your website? It's ellisislandtea.com. ellisislandtea.com. I want to thank AM Advisory for coming through, Athena Montgomery. How can people support you and follow what you got going on? Athena BSN on all social media. And also patienceareavirtue.com. Patience as in patience in the hospital. Patience, our virtue.com.